Welcome to the State Side Spurs podcast, uh, episode one, season two. Man, what a long and arduous summer it has been. I am joined tonight with Chris and Colin is back for a short time this evening. I will be hosting. He'll, he'll probably get back to his hosting duties next week. Uh, Colin, how's it going? Honestly, uh, we we did everything we could just to record this week before the city game because, um, yeah, I mean, how do you not record before the first week of the season? So, uh, I was in Chicago for four days, got back, and then have been, uh, you know, working for the past two nights, and so then headed to Houston tomorrow. So this is the only time we can we can we can record. Thankful that you are uh, gonna host and ask all the questions, so I can just sit here and. and Play the Austin role with Chris for a little bit. So, <laughs> well, Colin, we're glad you were able to carve some time out for us this evening, and I'm sure you'll be back to your hosting duty soon. Chris, uh, it's been a few days since we've talked. How are you doing? No, I'm tired, man. I'm exhausted. And what do you mean <laughs> this has been a long? It's still a long summer. Like it's not even yeah. another. It's it's three it's weeks. been it's been a long and arduous summer so far, and it's still going. Um, so, so, so bear with us if there's any audio difficulties, uh, uh, this evening, we have a slightly different recording setup than we, than we normally have. Um, hopefully we'll be able to fix some of this in post, but just in case you hear any audio difficulties. Uh, real quick, hit us with those socials, uh, for, for listeners before we start. Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. From, from now on, we, we're going to start hitting these a little bit harder. Uh, so Stateside Spurs on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. I believe it's at Stateside Spurs at all three. Uh, hit us up on Facebook with questions, uh, Twitter with reactions and, 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 and share us on Twitter and Instagram, uh, on any of those channels if you want to, Send us questions or, or comments, please do. If you want to send us an email, you can send us an email at statesidespurs at gmail.com. Uh, email us anything you guys want us to talk about um, or any stories you may have that you want us to relay. Uh, we are totally open uh, for any of those uh, glorious trails of content. Uh, that, that being said, thanks, Colin, for that reminder. We're going we're gonna to hop right in this week because Colin, Colin missed – uh, over the weekend, he was on a very important trip, and uh, Chris and I had to do it solo. So we're going to jump right in because Sunday, it's the meat. Sunday, 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 boys, season begins, and we play the defending freaking champions, <laughs> Manchester City. Um, there's a lot to preview here. Uh, Can't tell the league didn't do that on purpose. Yeah, it's kind what of hard to believe it's random, isn't it? Let me start. We can jump in however you want to jump in. But let me just start by saying that I think, in my opinion, if, if there is a time to play City, it is now. 
Oh, absolutely. I would yeah. Playing City. Uh, I mean, we already have to play them twice a year, guaranteed. Uh, if you're going to tell me to play City without Foden and De Bruyne, and uh, Jesus is the striker, a brand new Jack Grealish, it's probably not, um, you know, that's ha- not been a part of their team very long. I think now is the time. Now, is City going to be the favorites? Of course they are, you know, but if I'm going to choose to play City, I think it's now. Well, um, let's, let's, that's, a great, that's a great point, Colin. They have Harry Kane, right? Like, who, who knows? They could have Harry Kane in a month, so. Well, that's a great point, Colin. Let's jump in right there. That That's where we can start. Last season, right off the bat, we had, with with uh, he who shall not be named as our manager, we destroyed Manchester United um, at Old Trafford with no, with, with no crowds, right, before they had time to start gelling. And we saw how good, much better of a team they were by the end of the season. We beat Manchester City at the beginning of the season. Uh, While well, they were still trying to gel, and they won the league by how many points last season? So yes, the really good teams, especially ones that have had some turnover in the squad, you definitely want to play early in the season. I could not agree with that more wholeheartedly. Um, I'm calling. So yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. They're without a few key players. Foden still hurt. De Bruyne hasn't hasn't returned to training yet. Uh, you know, they ha- they do not have a new striker yet. Jesus is basically the only striker on their team. Uh, at the moment, we'll get into that a little bit later. So, if we're gonna play City right off the bat, it's probably the time to do it, right, Chris? No, yeah, I mean you're absolutely right. They're missing some key players, so and they haven't had a moment to uh, to like I said to gel. Um, my only counterpoint to that would be uh, neither of we. So yeah, we're getting it out of the way. But as you were saying earlier, it, Man City are obviously the favorites in this one. Uh, even their bench is a strong team. So. I mean, for me, I'm just happy to have this match complete. I love the seasons where we get a lot of the uh, a lot of the stronger teams, a lot of the big six opponent opponents out of the way in the first half of the season, and then we get that downhill slope that if we can make something out of it, can really turn a season. So uh, I don't see a really downside to to just getting City out of the way. Yeah. So Colin, you know, Chris makes a good point that you know we haven't had a lot of time to gel, but we haven't made that many additions and while Harry Kane most likely will not feature in this matchup for a multitude of reasons, we have the Manchester City killer uh, available, healthy, fit, and he's been scoring goals this preseason. Youngman son, got to be said, is our Manchester City killer over the past four years or so. I mean, are you more confident about our form and fitness and, and how we've been playing this this preseason? Has it, has it made you a little bit uh, – now, I wouldn't say confident, but has it made you feel a little bit more at ease going into this game, or does that re- not really matter to you? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. So there's a couple ways I would look at this. You know, we've seen, um, what is it, 10 halves of Nuno Espirito Santo so far? Is it 10, right? Um, yeah. yeah it's I mean, that's right. a weird way to put it, but yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get to that why, but we have three wins and two draws so far. Um, there's only one half of football in the 10 that I've seen that concerned me. Um, either, either one of you want to guess which half that is? First half against Arsenal first or first half, half against Chelsea? First half against Chelsea. First half yeah, against Chelsea yeah. is, is, is kind of my fear when it comes to this matchup against City. Um, City are the superior Chelsea when it comes to possessing the ball. Um, Chelsea just kind of ran over us in that first half. Uh, I will say that- real quick, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cut you off. I just want to say real quick, there was one specific midfielder who played in that first half who was liable for a lot of the dribbling around. I believe Wink started that game, did he not? 
Uh, oh, you might be right. And like I was about to say, like the lineups may or could be different, but I'm just saying, uh, you know, naturally, agreed like, though. City are a better Chelsea, and so my concern is that one bad half of football that we've seen of Nuno's ten so far is my fear that could happen. Now the the alternative to that is when the other nine halves, Nuno has played some great attacking football. It kind of reminds me of Pochettino um, in the sense of uh, not having to have possession. Um, because we didn't really have possession against we was put against the, the lowest of the low, but that Arsenal game, I mean, we could have won that four nil. I mean, we didn't even talk about that. We just had a North London derby friendly, uh, beat them one nil. Um, but Delhi, how many chances did Delhi miss? Hit the post twice. I mean, oh, that Delhi was very been, unfortunate. Yeah. Delhi played yeah. a great game, hey, but he was in the right position. So people slagging him off for not finishing. Yeah, I agree. You got to finish those. But Delhi, we, we weren't seeing Delhi in those positions last season. So I think finishing's this, part luck, right? From a striker, Colin. There's some luck that comes down to finishing too. You can yeah, have bad luck when it comes to finishing. in the world, right, Chris? I mean, well, well, to add to your point, we weren't seeing Delhi at all last year. Period. So yeah, the idea true. of having him be a part yeah. of it is uh, is kind of crucial. Sorry. I didn't um, to also, there. just to kind of add in. Winks did not start the game against Chelsea. That was a, a Delhi Hoybier uh, skip midfield that started. Winks yeah. did come in later. It he must have been Winks in the second half getting dribbled around. Uh, oh my gosh, he looked terrible though. Hoybier came into that game and was very rusty coming back into the team. Yeah. Well, he's yeah, he just rusty coming back in. It, it's also, hard. Um, Chelsea started a really strong midfield that had. Uh, Ziyech, Havertz, well, okay, 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 okay. Conte, before we so, start, before yeah. we start adjudicating preseason friendlies, saying. Colin, I think Colin makes a good point that we've only had. I see it the flip side. We've only had one half of football that worried me, because a mediocre half of preseason football doesn't worry me, right? It's it's, it's players showing together. The first half against Chelsea was worrying because it looked like there was very little chemistry. The Arsenal matchup was actually very encouraging to me because while in the first half. We weathered the storm a little bit. We dominated probably 60 minutes of that match. We yeah. created all the opportunities, and Tanganga yeah. on his own was dominating that flank. So, I mean, there was a lot of encouraging things in the most recent outing. Yes, Colin? Yeah, I just want to say one thing, and then I'll, I want to hear what Chris has to say. But, like, in, in that, that Chelsea game, we just saw Chelsea's best 11 for the most part. Uh, with minus yes. now against what we had – was essentially, I mean, we're losing, we're missing some players, but uh, fantastic we'll be, point. We'll be our best eleven when it comes up to this Sunday. So I, I, I think it's the same thing. My expectations are low, but Nuno has a, has a good record against City as well. And so, um, yep. playing at home in front of fans that are going to be cheering the, you know, we're going to be cheering the, the team on so much, especially without Kane there. Like they're going to be praising the players that have showed up, that have done the work this preseason, preseason are ready to play. So I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if we win. I know we're not doing predictions, but that's my concern. Chris was that one half against Chelsea is my fear what Sunday may look like. Well, let's let's, let's call. Let's move into Colin. that. Um, you know, we we want to kind of keep yeah, this little concise. Shots off the bow at Kane. It's nice. Well, but so so we're gonna move. We're gonna talk about that here. I'm still pushing that I'm down the road saying. a little bit, Chris. Still pushing <laughs> down the road a little bit, Chris. Uh, but Colin, you make a good point. Um, I kind of would like to go through line by line here, if you will, with the team based on what you've seen on preseason and based on everything surrounding transfers. Let's start with the back line. Let's assume Hugo starts in goal, right? I mean, there's no reason to assume Hugo doesn't start in goal. Um, I guess Golini would get the start if Hugo for some reason isn't fit. But, I mean, let's assume Hugo starts in goal. In the back line, Chris, um, 
what are you seeing? Um, just to give the listeners a little context, everyone assumed Nuno was going to play a back three coming because that's what he did at Wolves. But I think a lot of people weren't paying attention to the fact that in previous teams that he's managed, he didn't, he wasn't beholden to a back three. He played that at Wolves because that's what he needed. So we played exclusively a back yeah. four this preseason. That's all we've played. Usually a midfield three. Every now and then we've played a 4-2-3-1, although it looks like it moves from a 4-3-3 to a 4-2-3-1 in attack. But Chris, what do you see in the defense? Move me from right back to left back. What would you expect to see this weekend? And then Colin, I'm going to move it to you and see if you have any different opinions. Just to give some context, I think there'll be some times during the season when we do see three at the back, but I don't think he has the players to sure it's an alternative alternative um, model so to speak right i 100 percent believe that what we're going to see assuming no changes in the next 48 hours as a back line is almost exactly what we saw against um against arsenal um he hasn't used rodan at all which leads me to believe that he has no intention of starting rodan um well Okay, that that's fair. Um, I'll let you continue. Just keep in mind, certain players from the Euros have embedded back in the team at different at different speeds. But at right back, are you feeling Tanganga? Yep, it's going to be. That was Tanganga. The idea that Serge has already told the uh, told the team that he wants to leave, all that stuff going on. I think Tanganga acquitted himself quite well against Arsenal at that right back spot. The idea that he's turned down the loan and everything stay and fight for us he's he's impressed somewhat um so i see him playing at the right back um as much as i hate to i loathe to say it your center back pairing is probably going to be sanchez and dyer i just i don't know where else he would go outside of that and then um left back is the only nailed on and that's regular okay yeah, that's fair. Uh, I, I I can see why you're going to say that. Colin, I can see you chomping at the bit here. Um, before you jump in, we've seen Sanchez play in preseason. We've seen Dyer play a lot in preseason. Romero has been training. Roden hasn't made a lot of appearances. Romero is been... injured. He's not going to play. Is that is that been confirmed? I haven't seen that anywhere. I've seen so many reports that that dude is not going to see City. Now, I would love it if he does. Trust me, I don't want to see Dyer and Sanchez back. I haven't there. seen any injury reports, though, because last I saw, he played in the Copa America uh, final, right? Yeah, I heard he picked up. But, I mean, I could be wrong. But either way, keep going so we don't get bogged So, so, so my, my question is, Sanchez is heavily linked to, to a move away. So, Colin... Do you really think Sanchez and Dyer is going to be the center back pairing we see? And do you have any change to fullbacks that, that Chris just mentioned? No. Uh, if Romero's like, if Romero's healthy, then he's playing. I don't think he needs to like gel in with the team. So I haven't heard anything, but I haven't been, I haven't been scooping the, the Spurs subreddit either. So I'm not sure I'll, I'll, I'll leave that to Chris, but if Romero is, is training and is healthy, then I think there's no way he doesn't slot into the team because I don't think he needs a lot of chemistry. And that means I think you put him next to Dyer because I just don't think Sanchez and him would play together off the bat. But that being said, you know, I honestly think Sanchez is a better fit next to Romero against city because they don't have the physical presence. They need uh, the, the quickness to stay with their, uh, their wingers like Mares and 
uh, Sterling and Jesus, they're quick guys. They're not going to out. They're not going to out battle Donaldson Sanchez, which is where he, he finds his weakness. So fullbacks, I agree. It'd be hard. It'd be really, really disrespectful to not start Tanganga after his man of the match performance against Arsenal. Um, I would not be surprised if he starts Doherty though, just because he trusts Doherty in this match. Um, obviously, that's not what I want. And then yeah, I think Regulon's nailed on starter. Starter. So I think Chris is pretty spot on. So you know, you make a good point there. Colin, I think it's actually been suspicious that we've seen so little of Doherty in preseason, given uh, that Aria has played so little as well. I mean, Tangongo's got a lot of minutes. I haven't personally seen anything about Romero being injured. Um, I know he's, I know he's, he's been training for a few days at least. Uh, Nuno did say a couple days ago or a day ago that everybody that's been participating in training is available. And he said it in a specific way that's like, okay, Kane is is maybe an exception there, but maybe he also means Romero's an exception as well. I don't know. So for me, I would expect to see Tanganga, Dyer, Regulon, and if Romero's not healthy, I would actually expect to see Roden instead because I think Sanchez is so heavily linked to a, to a move away. You don't play a player uh, and risk them getting injured, someone that you're expecting to sell. Um, but we're we're all in agreement about fullbacks, and we're all in agreement that Dyer's probably going to play. If that's the case, and I see Tengang <laughs> is slotting next to Dyer, and then Aria had already played right back. But that's, that's a fair point. That's a fair point, Colin. If you would trust Tengang there, and then he can trust one of those other right backs. But I don't know. It, it's kind of a coin flip. We, we're all in agreement that Regulon's nailed on at left back. Dyer's most likely going to play. Tengango will play either at center back or right back, and then the fourth defender is kind of up in the air. It's kind of what it sounds like. And so we're in agreement there in a little bit. Um, I hate I hate to do this because I don't want this to devolve into another topic. I think we need to save an Indombole debate for another podcast. Um, I don't think we have the resolve to do that today, but Nuno Sarvento has been playing a midfield three in all of these in all of these preseason friendlies, usually with one of the three, uh, usually one of the outside three moving forward and the other one dropping into a two. So let's assume we're going to start with three center midfielders, one moving forward, one sitting back. Who are your three midfielders that you think are going to start? Uh, Colin, I'll give it to you first. Yeah, first off, uh, there's not a double debate, uh, debate until after the transfer window closes. So I think we fair should enough. Fair that. enough, fair enough. And we can leave it for a couple three, weeks. I'm going to go Deli, Skip, and Hoiberg. I like that. I actually like that. So you see Skip on the right, Deli on the left, Hoybeer in the center lagging behind them? Yeah, and then you give Deli the freedom to play as the second striker with Sun. He can make those runs, and I think that's that's where we're going to catch City, is um, counters Deli making runs and Sun making runs off the ball, and maybe Lucas and Bergwijn getting free. Um, I mean, the counters are there. We're not going to have possession. So I think with that being said, Hoybeer and Skip are the play. Uh, if this was a different team, I'd probably go Hoybeer with Celso in Deli, but uh, that that's just if it was like a, a, a Watford or something. So. That is what we've seen in preseason quite a bit. Lacelso did look good against Arsenal, but Lacelso likes to play on that left side. That's what he 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 thrived in Copa America, right? I mean, he thrived in that, le- that left center mid position of a four three three for for Argentina. Um, and Delhi, if he's going to play in the midfield three, he's going to be on the left side making runs off that left side, right? So. Um, I think Delhi's probably more match fit and ready and more based on a counterattack call. And I think I tend to agree with you there. But Chris, 
Uh, um, do you see any sort of change there? I mean, do you think Skip gets the start against Manchester City, and do you think it's Lo Celso as well, or, or Lo Celso starts it's, on the bench? No, I, I completely agree on that. That's that's what we're going to see. It's going to be Skip, Hoybeer, and, and Ali. I, it's interesting because you guys were saying that we had this debate over how they were going to use Delhi to this season. Like, how does he fit if you run a forward? Um, can he play that deeper role or does do they have to find some way to get him into attack? And it's interesting that that's one of the it seems like that's one of the first things that Nuno really figured out was how to incorporate Delhi. Because as we play that 4-3-3, he drops back and he plays on the left. He's a little bit deeper when we're in more of a defensive stance. But when we move into more of an attacking position, it's like you guys were saying. There's almost a shift over where uh, Hoiberg and Skip rotate to the middle, more central, and drop back a little deeper. And Delhi shoots forward. And it's actually his job at that point to come from the left and slash across the middle into that central attacking spot where he's a second striker. And I think that is, uh, we saw a couple of points where it was ironically the Sanchez that pinged a couple of passes towards him uh, against Arsenal, where he's making that run from the left side into the middle park. And that could be, I mean, that, that gets the best out of him in, in two different ways, I think, because he does, he's, he's not great as a box to box mid, but he's getting there. And he's obviously a, a a better second striker. So I think that's the nailed on midfield. That's what they've been working on. And it's pretty obvious that Nuno has been working on a system to get that in there. So I, I tend to agree with everything that Colin, you and Chris just said uh, that was that, that's spot on. I think that's what we'll see. And it gives me so much joy. If skip does get the start first game of the season against Manchester city. And you know what? It kind of, it kind of, um, continues a trend of a youth midfielder or youth player in some aspect starting the first game of the season, regardless of the manager. It used to be Kyle uh, Kyle Walker Peters would start like the first game or two of the season, and then be never seen again, and disappear, um, and then disappear hole. because he was giving relief to players coming back from 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 summer duties. Um, Winks was that guy at one point. Uh, we've seen youth players start at the beginning of the season for for us. I think that's a common thing, right? Where they're deputizing while 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 the senior players getting their 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 legs back. But I honestly think Skip is going to be a huge contributor for us this season. It's going to be a revelation. I really think this could be a breakout year for Skip. So I would be super happy to see him start against Manchester City. So we're all in agreement. I think we're gonna. I think we're all in agreement of the midfield three, and then I think we're all going to be in agreement for the front three, right? I think. I think you're going to see Sun start at striker. I think you're going to see uh, Bergwijn on the Bergwijn and Lucas right or left, maybe switching. But I think we all think if if Kane stays, Bergwijn, Kane, Sun is our front three, given no more signings. But with Kane out for this match, unless some crazy miracle happens, is it is it going to be? Bergwijn, Lucas, son, up top. Um, Chris, I'm going to give this to you first. Yeah, that's that's the obvious one. That's what they've been working on is having those three up top and building that chemistry. Not that they have a lot of options. Um, it's not where you want to see son play. I mean, given the situation, the circumstances, it's the best and honestly the only option is to play him up top. You don't really have, have, have any other choice, I guess. 
Colin, Colin, is there any any chance, any chance that we see a front three of Bergwijn, Deli, and Son with Lo Celso starting on that left side of the midfield? Uh, either Deli playing outside left with Son at top, or Deli playing as a false lion. Is there any chance that we see Deli pushed forward to to make up for the fact so that way we have Lucas as a striker? Is there any chance we see some sort of mix up with the front three? Uh, I don't think so. I think you need the pace in the wings. I think you need uh, you need the the Lucas and Bergwijn pace on the wings to hit him on the counter. I think having Deli in one of those spots just takes away from the the possibility of a of a quick counter. Deli is going to start the counter, but he's not going to be the one that plays that last pass. He's going to be the one that finishes by that 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 slashing run. So, and that's not that's not the role of Celso want to play in this game. But that's just my two cents. I I agree with you, Colin. I think. Um, but but two questions to follow up on that. Um, one. With Sun in the center, who's the best player to link up with Regulon on the left as our attacking fullback? Uh, Chris, I'm going to send it over to you. If Sun moves to the center of the pitch as a striker, who's our best left winger to link up with Regulon? (laughs) I don't know. Lucas plays mostly on the right or central, and Bergwijn has been ineffective on the left, but you've got to think it's got to be him, right? Yeah, I mean, Bergwijn is supposed to be a left winger. So I think we're going to be most comfortable on the right. Supposed to be the, is he? I, I think, I, I, I I most, I think he's played a lot on the right, position. but I thought it was more of a necessity that he'd been put on the right because we had depth on the left. Um, oh, I thought it was the either opposite. way. I, I don't see that there's on a the left. <laughs> and I, when Sun was out and he, oh, see, I always and he's usually a right winger. I don't know. Left winger. But either way, I don't know that there's a better one out of the two, like a better option. Between Lucas and Bergman, just because, I mean, you that we just on Sunny that it's hard to imagine another left winger. Um, I just, yeah, that's that's not hard to come by. That's a that's a, a head scratcher. Which one would actually link up better with Regulon? Um, what you probably will end up seeing, honestly, is both of them doing it, as in kind of the, the wingers that interchange. Depending on nope. which where the ball is on the pitch and doing a lot of mixing and matching and trying to throw off City's back line is having the two of them kind of weave back and forth. And that's probably what's going to honestly happen. It won't be one or the other, but it'll be both playing off of the left and both playing off of the right, depending on, uh, on how we start things off. So what's difficult for me is that Lucas and Bergwijn have both looked most effective in preseason and honestly – in the previous season coming in off of that right side, like almost as a, the right footed, but coming in off the right side, almost to a central area to create Lucas had a great run as a number 10 at the back end of last season. Bergwijn has also done really well, either off the left or right, uh, kind of shading inside, receiving the ball, bringing it to the middle, allowing other players to fill in on the outside. So if you play both of them, um, you have two players that are wanting to do that, and I feel like that that might make us too narrow. So, Colin, we've played basically the same formation in every preseason game, but if there was some mix-up in formation, what would it possibly be? Like, what would you would you think we go back to the classic four-two-three-one if we're going to mix up the formation, or do you think there's any chance we switch to a three at the back or some sort of four-four-two diamond or something? 
Yeah, I think the closest you'll see is a four four two. That would just be uh, if we need a goal, putting uh, Delhi up there next to Sun or whoever you'd sub okay. in at that point. I, I Lucas maybe up next to Sun or something. Lucas up there and Delhi on the side or sub Delhi out for Los Celso or something. But I think I don't think we're gonna see a change unless it's like drastic. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's the lineup. I think this is a let's let's pick some uh, let's pick a winner. So basically, all we're saying is the only thing we don't know is the fourth defender. We know it. We 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 are all in agreement of on all other ten positions yeah. on the field except for the fourth defender. That's fair. Yeah. That's good. So unless, prediction unless time. Kane, yeah, pretty much. And, and, unless Kane gets a surprise start, which I <laughs> would almost put money on the fact that Kane's not even in the squad on Sunday. I'd be shocked if he's even in the squad. Yeah, I think you're right. Um. So prediction time. Uh, being this is where being the host is great. Because I don't have to go first. Um, Colin, I'm going to give it to you first. What's your prediction for Sunday? 3 1 Spurs. Ooh, so out of the blocks, Manchester City is caught unawares, and we it's just come out attacking. City is so worried about Kane, and the Spurs players are so worried about beating City. Okay. So we there, catch them on the break? Is there's that, there's is we catch them on the break for 2 0? And how does the 3 1 happen? Think about this, right? Think about you're playing at a club and someone comes in and says they want to steal your best player. The motivation that has that like say, oh, we don't need you. We can we can beat these teams without you. The team's going to be motivated. And so I, th- I don't think City is going to be prepared for that. I think it's going to be 3-1. Um, and I think it's not going to be close. It's not going to be like 1-1 and we score too late. It's going to be 2 or 3-0 before they get a goal. So I like it. I like it from your lips to God's ears, Colin. We're going to get destroyed by City later on in the season. So just know that. Well, you know, and I'll be fine with that. If we beat them 3-1 on opening day, I'd be fine with us getting destroyed later. Because right? who who's going to fuck? I mean, I'm fine. That's fine. We've already got yeah, our I was going to say, if we split Chris. points with City, I, I, I'm okay with that. Chris, um, are you feeling a 3-1? I do think we can steal. I'm going 2-1. I don't think it's going to be a runaway. Two nil, two nil, and we hold on late. I think it's going to be one of those matches where City scores early and they get off flying, and then they kind of act in a city way where they just kind of like, oh, I think we've got this one, guys, and they the gas for a second, and that's when like Son or Ali, and then we get another one later on in the match that where like a scrappy goal later on that wins for us. I don't think it's a runaway. I don't think it's a pretty game. I think it's going to be ugly, but I think we can win them. So I'm going to be a little more pragmatic. I think it's going to end 1-1. I think I think we probably come out the gates hot and get and steal a goal, and then we hold on for dear life. City scores a goal in the middle of the second half, and we hold on for a draw. I think that's more, more likely. Um, personally, I want the 3-1. I want a 4-0. I want us to come out and just slaughter them. But I, I have the feeling that we're going to come out hot. I think we will score early. But I think we're going to fade come the second half, and it's going to be hard to hold them off. So I'm thinking 1-1's kind of a um, a good shout. Uh, before we let Colin get out of here, Colin's got, got things to manage. Um, Colin, I want to ask you about the Kane situation given that we don't have given that um we have a match with city and that's where he apparently wants to go 
based on what you know, what's been reported, what Kane has said, I want to give you the floor here for a couple of minutes. What yeah. is your opinion on Kane's actions? What you believe is going to happen? And what you think has been happening behind the scenes? And in any order you care to give it, uh, floor is yours. Yeah, so I think initially I um, my first thought was um, I wasn't too like upset with like with how Kane was handling it, but honestly, I'm still not upset with it. I just I, if we get a bid worth for if it, if we get City offers 150 or they offer 120 and the port wants to come with them, then I'm snatching that. It's not worth keeping a player around um that doesn't want to be there so even though it's Kane it's it's the one you know the best striker that we've ever seen at Tottenham uh if you don't want to be there we don't want you there the, I think Austin you said at first was that the club is bigger than any player so and everyone knows that like you'll have your grades and then you know they leave and there's always in the next Harry Kane so um so yeah if he if the bid comes in for 150 and and city really screwed up like paying 100 million for Grealish you're just asking to pay at least 150 for Kane. Like, well paying 100 million for Grealish after bidding 100 million for Kane earlier in the summer, right? Yeah. And like if I was Kane that's, that'd be a slap in the face. So I, I don't think Levy sells unless he gets you know what he values Kane at. I'd be surprised if that's under 140 150. Um so that's that. I think Kane, uh, at the end of this window, I think Kane's still a Tottenham player. I don't see the city splashing out uh, $250 million on two players. I could be wrong, though. Messi, Messi going to PSG, if they want to win the Champions League, they really screwed the pooch last year, and now they're going to have to do it this year against a PSG. They have no striker, really. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they have so much money that will, that, um, that, what was it? It's oil money, right? Qatar. Well, so Colin, so so I totally get your stance on the price has been set, pay it or or don't pay it, shit or get off the pot type thing. But how has this made you feel towards Kane and Kane's legacy for Spurs, the way he's acted in the past few weeks especially? So not just wanting to leave, because we can all understand that, right? We've had favorite players that have wanted to leave. But his statement that came out five days after – the the initial him not showing up for training um pep's statement right before uh, kane's statement like how has all of this um made you feel because i know kane is one of your favorite players so i think first and foremost in general uh what we do in life is like if something happens in the moment we we over we over emotionally I don't we, th- we make it too emotional. So I think everyone's upset now. If Kane leaves the summer in, in 10 years, we're still going to be saying how Kane was the best stri- striker at Tottenham ever. Ooh, I, don't, I don't think okay. we're going to go back and think like, oh, I, we, we don't hate, we hate Kane because of the way he left. And he's been a servant to the club. Now, do I think he handled it the right way? No, I think it's terrible. I also, I usually tend to err on the side of the employee, not the employer, because we don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but I think we've all been a part of a work situation where we just really disagreed with our boss or they felt like we were betrayed. And so I just, I, I err on the side of caution. Do I think he could have handled it better towards the fans? Of course, but I don't know what happened. We don't know what happened. I say we just we just wait to see what this transfer window holds with Kane. So, okay, um, I, I I respect your opinion. Th- thank you for that, Chris. I'm gonna bite my tongue for a moment, but tell me how you feel <laughs> in relation to what Colin just just stated. Um, 
I mean, everybody's going to have their own opinions on it. I, I've been arguing with people on Facebook back and forth about it. I, I agree. Kane handled it. We talked about this last time. Kane handled it absolutely the wrong way. And no, we have no clue what, is, what, what conversation has taken place between Daniel Levy and Harry Kane that led to this. There's one thing that we didn't point out last time, but to err on the side of Harry Kane and just to give him a little benefit of the doubt, he will be the third player we've seen go through this where they come out and say, we had this handshake agreement with Levy that I could leave this summer if a bid came in or if the right bid came in. And when you start seeing a pattern like that, you kind of have to start asking like, I wonder if Daniel Levy is making these handshake agreements and then backing out of them when the situation doesn't quite go the way he wants to, hoping, you know, he'll never have to fulfill this handshake agreement. But, um, I mean, like we said, we talked about it last time. This is a handshake agreement that could have been interpreted two different ways by two different people who saw it from two different angles. And at this point, I think Kane is not concerned, seemingly, with what happens at Spurs. He's only concerned with, I need to get my move. I need to get out of here. This is my chance to to jump ship if I don't get And you, yeah, you, got, a little, point, you got a little just, robotic there at the end, Chris. But. That left at this point, so it's kind of hard. Oh, hold up. I got some coffee. Going <laughs> robotic coffee, too. I like it. The little remix. So, so. I'm going to, I'm going to offer a little caveat to what you both are saying. Like, I totally agree that Kane has not gone about it the most professional way. And generally people tend to forget these types of things, right? People still look fondly back on Modric, even though he had put in a transfer request to go to Chelsea that didn't come through. He played a fantastic year for us. And then right before uh, he got his move to Madrid. He refused to come to, to, to the U.S. on a U.S. tour to push that move out. But he was still training with us up until that point. Gareth Bale trained with us for an entire summer, even picked up a knock during a preseason game, played a preseason game for us, and only refused to train at the very end of August when Daniel Levy was dragging his heels on a final line item in the deal that we all knew it was going to go through, right? Um, we've seen Christian Eriksen continue to play for a season and a half, even though Levy knew he wanted to leave, right? Um, Levy's not at the, at the forefront of transfers at the moment. I get that. But um, Roy Keane, of all people, who never defends Spurs, never defends Spurs, ever. Roy Keane was quick to say, a handshake agreement, are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. If it's not in the contract, it's not defensible. I think what's happened is that Harry Kane's team poorly negotiated a contract a couple years ago. And he asked Levy, hey, if if a good transfer fee comes through, will you think about it? And Levy said, sure. But they never defined what a good transfer fee is. And Manchester City has actually left Kane out to dry in this whole thing. Colin, you kind of mentioned this. This is really City leaving Kane out to dry. I'm sure Kane's people have been talking to City. But City have left him out to dry. And then Pep, of all people, 
what pisses me off more than the past couple weeks is that Pep comes out and says, Tottenham, if Tottenham don't want to negotiate, there's nothing we can do. He talks about a player under contract at another club. Nuno was asked about Martinez at Inter and says, listen, he's he. I only talk about Tottenham players. I'm not going to talk about players that aren't Tottenham players. Like, Pep is even Pep and Manchester City are drumming up the media to get a discount on the best striker England has has produced in 20, 30 years. They have oil money, literally have spent 40 percent more than the second place club as far as uh, owner investment has gone. And they are trying to get a discount on Kane so they can get Kane and Grealish in the same window. And they've left Kane out to dry. I think Kane has, performed, has behaved unprofessionally. I think he's behaved naively. I think he's behaved with naivete and, th- and thinking that he can just move because there's 100 million pounds coming in for him and not understanding the full gravity of the situation. Plus, he has his brother as his agent. So where I differ with you, Colin, is this. While I don't think he has risen to Judas levels because he's still our player, right? People forget how good the person we call Judas was for us and how important of a player he was for us before he moved to Arsenal. Why is that? Because nobody talks about his time he played for us anymore because he made a move that was so hurtful to fans that we we don't care about any of the time he spent at the club. Now, if Kane moves to City, is it the same thing? No, it's not the same thing. But Kane is supposed to be Anakin Skywalker. He's the chosen one, right? He's supposed to be our golden boy. Him moving at the end of his career when he only has a couple of years left of his prime at this point to a team that's going to win two or three trophies every year guaranteed, that is going to sour his legacy with the fans. I don't think this is a Modric or Bale or Berbatov situation. This is going to be different to me. I think – in ten years' time, we do see his legacy differently if he moves. That's my that's my viewpoint. But Colin, rebuttal. Uh, nah. I just I don't know. I think we have to see how the transfer window ends. I think I think a lot of these transfers, these these projected transfers, I'd prefer just to wait to see how it unfolds. I think that it's just like the media, you know, the news. There's just too many different sides of every story. And I think when when the cards are played, we'll have a better idea of what happened. So, um, I think he's a Tottenham player September first. But that's what you're asking me. Uh, I think that he leaves next summer for probably 100 to 120 million, depending on how his year is. But not this summer. We don't have time to replace him. We need we we, we guys. We have our backup is Dane Scarlett. So, so I mean, on that point, we've already been linked to a number of strikers, right? Yeah. And two of which we haven't brought a backup in yet. We haven't, but the number of strikers we've been named with makes me feel like Paratici is is producing a parachute just in case. But yeah, you're right. You're right. We don't have a backup striker. His, his motto. His motto is like just shop for everybody and get what you get. So yeah, we're gonna be linked with a lot of people. Problem is, is we already need a backup striker for King. We haven't even gotten that, and the season starts in three days. Now you want to go get a backup striker and a starting striker? Well, you know, so like- it's 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 you know I've come around to the idea that poor Hyungmin Son scores 15 goals a season for us for the past four seasons, and it gets no love as a striker. 
Um, you know, I think he can do a job. I don't think his his primary role, but I really think that if we if we get, added more depth on the wings, Sun could be the backup striker that we need. But that's not the conversation I was trying to have. I you think he's Kane's here September first. I think if he leaves next summer, it's not anywhere near 100 mil. I think it's like 60 mil because he'll be a 29 year old striker pushing 30 uh, in the last year of his contract. So uh, Kane definitely will go for, for for pennies on the dollar of what he would go for this season. This you think summer. he loses nine points in one year? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Especially if he doesn't stay healthy the entire year. Oh, he's yeah. never he he's never injury. gone a single That's season it. without having injuries. Yeah, he's he also an injury. That's it for him. Okay. I, 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 I I think I, sixty might be a little harsh, but I, it's definitely <laughs> under a hundred next summer. I I, I think he'll go for. Anyways, we don't know. This is all speculation. We I don't know, but you think he'll be here September first? That that that's your prediction, Colin. I so, personally think I personally think Kane goes right at the end of the window and. We don't have the resolve. I think we're easy to leave for 120, 130, somewhere in between our evaluation and and no cities. Way. I hate to say that. I hate to say no that, way. and, and no I way. don't want it to come true. There's no way they just spent 100 million on Grealish. There's no way Levy's like, yeah, Kane's only a 20 million dollar better player than Grealish. Well, what if, what if two things is going to happen? We either start bringing in players and we have to sell Kane at the end of the window, or we bring in some players and we just hold on to Kane and hope we can get something for him at the end of the season. But, Chris, do you think uh, Kane's here September 1st? Before Chris answers, uh, I'm going to head out. Um, just just uh, felt a little under the weather. but Colin, well, thanks for joining we'll, us. Uh, I'll definitely get this podcast in before the season starts. I'll be back to being able to host next week. Um, but yeah, thanks. Maybe, awesome. you know, I don't know. The, the hosting duties are kind of suiting me, so maybe we'll just uh, have you call in next week. Hosts aren't supposed to talk as much as you do. Do you the worst? Uh, I've, I've talked, I've talked at least 50% less uh, <laughs> as a host. <laughs> that means you talk 80% of the time normally. Austin sure, but, I, but my, my, my talking has cut else. down considerably. So, hey, you know, <laughs> no, side okay. product. Chris, hey, uh, uh, Colin, we love you. Uh, yeah, take care Austin, of yourself. Austin, shut up. Austin, I want you to be thinking uh, of what bet you want to lose fifty dollars on this year. We got to go back to back. All right. Uh, fuck, fuck, fuck off, Colin. All right, love you, buddy. Take care <laughs> of yourself. We'll talk to you Sunday. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll cheer Get on a big Good night. Yeah. All right, now that Colin's gone, fuck that guy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> If you hear weird noises, folks, it's my son drinking out of his bottle. And Chris has been feeding his son for the past 15 minutes. Drink out of it while drinking out of it. Chris, Sorry before we that. leave, before yeah, we, we leave, a, a coughing incident. You're fine. You're fine. Before we leave, I gotta get your your uh, your comments on Kane, and then just segue that if you can right into. Do you see anything happening before the city game here in the next couple of days in the transfer window? And if not, what do we still need to do? Segue us into that conversation. We'll we'll uh, get out here in the next few minutes. Well, number one, I I agree with with Colin that like I get what City are trying to do, and they don't care really what the whole not having another striker thing because we don't we don't have a uh, but. Let's be honest. As much as Sun scores, 
His goals are he's best when he's off the left wing. That is his best role. And we just don't have another natural striker to fit that role. The moment you sell Kane, we have to go get two. It can't just be one. It can't just be let's go get um, the the guy from Inter that we've been linked up to or the kid from Pew. It'd have to almost be both of those players to come in and and fill a striker role because we just we don't have another one. Do you believe right now, yes or no, that's all you have to do, yes or no, do we have a shot at top four? Yes. I love it. That's all I got to hear. Uh, we will four. be back uh, with a two post- or three. Four. It's four. <laughs> <laughs> we will be back with a postmortem uh, of the city matchup, good, bad, or ugly, um, shortly after Sunday. Hopefully, we'll record Monday or Tuesday, put it up Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, we're going to try to get out to a regular schedule this week, folks. Again, follow us at, at Stateside Spurs on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Email us at statesidespurs at gmail.com if you have any sort of topics or conversations you want to talk about. Um, we're, we want to be more conversational with our small but loyal uh, fan base and listener base this season. We're going to try to throw some new things at you this season, um, and we're trying to get on a more routine schedule. So, uh, that being said, the 2021-22 season is upon us. It's the doorstep. And as always, come on, Eastbury. The wait is over for Tottenham fans. They now have a new head coach, and that man is Nuno Espirito Santo.